God is good. He's so merciful. And uh, he has a plan. And as we come together tonight, let's just go right into his word. I'm excited to get to read this. So let's go right into the last uh, chapter of Matthew's gospel, chapter 28. And I want to show you something interesting. Jesus said his parting words and the commission that he gave the prototype early church, and it's my belief and contention that he has continued that toward us. He never changes. If certainly the needs of humanity haven't changed. The necessity for the gospel to be preached and the need for signs and wonders to follow. And it says here in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, Father, I pray that you help me be with my mouth, light us all on fire, Shine light, give us understanding, give us action steps so we can be found to be doers of the word and uh, not just hearers only, in Jesus' name. Amen? How you doing, by the way? It's good to see you. God bless you. It's great to be back in the church and missed you and I love this place. Great things are happening here. The 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, chapter 28, verse 16 to the mountain which Jesus had designated. You know, I want to follow that which Jesus designates. He's an intentional and specific person. And he designated a particular mountain that he wanted his disciples to go to, and they did it. And if, how many of you want to get biblical results? And we just need to be obedient. Isaiah 119 famously says that if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. So there's an there's a attitude in there as well. A willingness is yieldedness. It implies, hey, I'm, I'm good with it. I want to flow with you, God. How many of you are good with it and you want to flow with God? Okay, well, these guys did what they were told. And then when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some were doubtful. So in the atmosphere of worshipful, obedient believers, they're dealing with doubts. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, who is he speaking to? He's speaking to the obedient that were at the designated mountain. He's speaking to those that are worshiping him. But he's also speaking to the people dealing with some doubts. Who is grateful for the reality of this verse? And even in that moment, you know, Jesus is still flipping the keys to the kids. And he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, Lisa sang a song that God is for us, Kingston and Lisa. And uh, did you know that's actually biblical? And it says in Romans, the eighth chapter, that if God's for us, who could be against us? And there are a lot of um, mentalities that come and theologies that come on the church that are quite harsh, and um, we've got to judge Scripture with Scripture, and we've got to look at the whole counsel of God, and in the case of a Christian, we are to evaluate everything in the light of our redemption. The Redeemer has come to rescue us and to save us from all this harshness, to deliver us from sin and to set us free. The Bible says, by the way, he that the Son sets free is free indeed, and I'm a big proponent of freedom. The Bible says, don't let your, use your liberty as a cloak for the flesh, however, but through love, serve one another. So 
There's legalism and there's libertarianism. There's, there, there's harsh extremes, you know, uh, excesses, trying to do things in your own human power and be so self-righteous or just, just this laissez-faire, let-it-all-go attitude. And God is actually calling us to lead a balanced life where we have a reverential fear of the Lord, but we also have a deep understanding, an abiding understanding of his love for us, right? Jesus is bringing these things to bear down in this situation with the people that obeyed and were at the designated mountain, the people that were worshiping, God's looking for worshipers, and even there in the context, some were doubtful. But yet, anyway, he gave them the responsibility to go gave them the responsibility to take the gospel to the next level of people and go out from their Jerusalem to their Judea to their Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, before we finish this area here, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Um, you know, that's what I'm doing tonight. This teaching is about uh, the miraculous. I'm on a series on Friday nights to teach you that it is, in fact, biblical Miracles are biblical. It's God's idea. They're not bad. They're actually the calling card for the new creation. They're attesting, one translation says, attesting miracles, signs and wonders, that not to baffle people, but to draw people to the conclusion that the Lord is so good. And you heard the girl, my daughter, talk about the diagnosis. I remember when she, I got the phone call and I heard the diagnosis and it, it was a sucker punch. We cried and the doctor cried. It was terrible. And uh, yet, you know, here she is attesting to the fact that she's been brought through it. You know, the, the kids got in a bit of debt and they're all out of debt now, you know, from learning uh, to obey God and knowing God is, is so good and God is our supplier. And also, you know, he'll also help you with your expenditures and help you to be wise, you know. Giving and saving and spending, all those things all tied together, you know. But uh, he said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the Lord is for us. The Lord is mindful of us. He will bless us. Another verse said, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, we're in Matthew, and I want to, I actually have a five-point message if you're a note-taker, but I want to go back to Matthew uh, chapter 4, and I'm going to lay out this target that I have for you. The name of this message, the action words for the miraculous, the action words for the miraculous. And I've got five kind of key ideas that uh, are embedded in this Matthew 28 thing, and uh, it will help you. It will help you. Look, look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus was going throughout all of Galilee. Look at what he was doing. Three things. Teaching in their synagogues. Everybody say teaching. And proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Everybody say proclaiming. And healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Say healing. Teaching. Proclaiming. Healing. Now, we don't have time to turn to this, but in Mark chapter 6, there was a, a, a moment in Nazareth where uh, his hometown, he was, he was, people were enamored initially. They said, there's such great miracles. It's so amazing. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't this just the carpenter's son? And aren't his brothers and sisters with us? And, and they, they shifted from being enamored to the sin of familiarity. 
And familiarity not only breeds contempt, it's problematic on a higher level. In that chapter, he could there do no mighty works, and he marveled at their unbelief. He said, a prophet is without honor in his own home and among his own kin. So there was this disparity between the initial, wow, he's so mighty, and then, uh, wait a minute, aren't you just the carpenter's son? And there's this, this sort of uh, climate of uh, diminishment that happened because of that, uh, that sort of familiarity. Uh, so what Jesus did is he went to the village's teaching. So the cure for doubt and the cure for unbelief is good teaching. And so we need to make sure we're listening to and rightly dividing the word. There's a lot of teaching. There's every wind of doctrine available to us. And so we've got to study to show ourselves approved unto God as workmen who need not to be ashamed, handling accurately, rightly dividing the word of God. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher, and the Bible says something deep about him. He takes from Jesus, and he reveals to us, and he always and only leads us in the truth. The Holy Spirit will never lead you into a ditch, He'll never lead you into a deception. He'll lead people out of cultic thinking. He'll lead them out of false teaching, but he'll never lead anybody into any of those zones. He is trustworthy. He is the, he's God, the Holy Spirit, and he is our teacher. Who is glad for that, that he's the teacher? I know this as the pastor of this church. While I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit is doing his work, and it's fantastic. And, and, you know, I heard a great man say that 2021 is the year of the local church. And I really agree with what he said. And I believe, and, and, I, and I was reading some of his commentary about what his opinion was about it. And he said, church is helpful. Church will help you get your mind renewed better than just strictly being alone studying yourself. And I'd never heard anybody say that before. Because what he was saying is when there's this atmosphere of anointing, that in addition to, it's not, one doesn't replace the other. They both have their place. But be sure of this, we're not to forsake the assembling together, which is the habit of some. I get a wonderful, I love pouring over the scriptures. I love reading chapter after chapter. I love looking at the Greek and Hebrew words. I really do. But man, I have had my life changed in an atmosphere where there was a preacher or a teacher or an evangelist or an apostle or prophet or somebody that was there to equip the saints. I have had my life so stabilized, so helped. And, you know, when things are great, the Holy Spirit's there putting his exclamation point on it. And if something gets a little bit torqued, the Holy Spirit is there to say, you need to check on the word on that. And that's the good news that the Holy Spirit will help us with that. Aren't you thankful? Who in here is thankful we have someone like the Holy Spirit to help us? So I think Jesus was going about the villages. He went to the synagogues and he he taught in their synagogues. He proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom needs to be proclaimed through your lips and my lips. We got on Southwest Airlines and they don't designate seats. So my wife and I said, hey, let's just sit on the these opposite aisle seats instead of a window or a middle seat, you know. There was a lady at the window already, so I said, good morning. She said, good morning. And there there was an empty seat between us, but I knew that all the seats were going to be filled. And then my wife was sitting there. Somebody went into the window, and then somebody went into the middle. And then this lady came in with a backpack and a a diaper bag and a one-year-old. 
and said, uh, is that seed saved? I said, yes, it's saved for you. Because right before that, a lady came in with even a bigger backpack and a bigger baby and, uh, and a roller bag and walked down the aisle. And I turned to that woman next to me and I said, that's motherhood. And motherhood is awesome. And, uh, and I respect it. So we got on the plane, put our seatbelts on, and man, just, it was amazing. The Lord just opened up. My wife said, Jeff, pray for her. Um, her brother fell down the stairs, and he's in a coma. He hurt his head. They don't know what happened to him. He hurt his head. He's in a coma. And uh, she crossed herself, so Patsy prayed the sinner's prayer with her, led her to the Lord. And... Um, then the lady next to me, she's going to work, and she works on a mission, and she's uh, going to Boston, and they started talking with each other about it, so she's already saved, so that's all good. But then, uh, you know, her little baby, Isaiah, I had Isaiah 310 for him, uh, and because uh, his name was Isaiah, that came to me immediately, so I gave, her, I gave him a scripture before I knew they were Christians, and uh, it was, uh, this was the scripture that I had for, for little Isaiah. Say to the righteous that it will go well with them. Say to the righteous that it will go well with them. So that was my scripture for Isaiah. So we had a wonderful conversation. Patsy prayed for the lady. We prayed. I, you know, I talked to these guys. It was a one-hour flight. We got out of the plane, and the girl turns and said, Would you please pray for Isaiah? He has a hole in his heart. Well, I've prayed for kids with holes in their hearts. You're a pastor. You run into this stuff. So I, I you know, and she had tears, you know, a little mask, you know. Tears brimming down on her mask. Here's this little mom. Here's this little, this little boy. I'm just thinking, here's a lady over here whose brother is in a coma. Here's a girl here who's happy-go-lucky, and yet she is concealing this concern for her child. I got off the phone with Ernie Conwell. He's in the hospital with his dad, 93 years old, and we're talking and discussing you know, what to do next and all those kinds of things. So the reason I'm preaching this to you is because of the reality of life, okay? This is why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not here to titillate you. I'm not up here, you know, doing a stem winder so that it's all emotional. This is way, way important stuff. And the reason Jesus went about the villages teaching, proclaiming, and healing is because that's the power trio that's going to put us all over. Good teaching the preaching and proclamation of the gospel is, the, the Bible says it's the foolishness of the preaching that pleases God. So it's foolish to some people. The cross is to those who are perishing foolishness. But to us who are being saved, how many of you just really appreciate, I mean, the cross is in the logo of our church. And uh, because it's, it's, it's what, where Jesus died and paid the penalty for our sins, right? So here are the things I want to bring over to you. So that, because it says the, the news about him spread throughout all Syria. Now, Syria is north of Israel. Uh, Jordan is to the east. Uh, Lebanon is, I guess, I guess, to the northeast. Egypt is to the southwest. And um, the gospel cannot be contained by geographic or political barriers. The gospel is not imprisoned. The word of God is not imprisoned. But even when Jesus mandated in Matthew chapter 28, the people that obeyed and went to the designated mountain, the people that were worshipful, but also the people that were dealing with doubts, the Lord still said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore, 
So we, you know, we were just sitting in the plane, strangers sitting by us, and God just set the thing in motion. We went to lunch the other day, and she, before I could even complain about her choice, um, we, I found myself sitting down. I thought, How, did, have you eaten here? No, I've never eaten here before. Well, why, why, I, and before I could start, well, now wait a minute. What, what's on the menu? What? We found ourselves sitting, and, and then up walks a girl from our church as our wait, waitress. And we just had a wonderful time with her. And God just had ordered our steps. And so how many of you would like to have God order your steps? More, have more um, manifestations of, the, of tokens of God's good in what seems to be random life, but yet that you, you start to see more and more of these divine connections, holy encounters, God-shaped uh, doors and, and uh, moments for positioning and influence. How many of you would like to see that? Okay, well, you're anointed for it. You're actually called to it. And this is why I, you're, as your pastor, why I'm preaching this. You guys watching this online, from other countries, there's a pastor watching right now. You're from a denominational church. You're kind of even skeptical about some of what I'm saying, and yet you're hungry for God, and God's had you tune in. And I want to tell you, signs and wonders and miracles attest to the goodness of God. And we, you know, there are lying signs and wonders, and they're false prophets. Well, that means they're true prophets, and that means they're real, uh, real signs and wonders. So we need to be discerning, but we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So we, I'm hungry for the things of God. And listen, the new birth is a miracle. Grace is a miracle in, in a re very real sense. So the healing power of God, people need it. The guy fell down the stairs. The kid had a hole in his heart. Okay? So this is why we believe what we believe. So that we're not just dull and blunted and stopped and stifled in it like the guys that were doubting. We want to get that out of our, we want to feed our faith and starve our doubts to death. So you ready now for my five points? These are the action words for the miraculous. Number one, understand the will of God. The word underline, uh, understand. I'll get back to that in a minute. Number two, you can leave a space, feed on the promises of God. The action word is feed. Feed on the promises of God. Number three, act on his word. Act on his word, and that action word, that is, is act, which is the root word, actually the root word for action. Okay, now there are a few action words in number four. Number four is pray, believe, receive, and rejoice. Say that with me. Pray, believe, receive, and rejoice. So you write those down, leave some space. Last point, here's the final one. Hold steady through your entire lifespan. And these words are hold steady. Hold steady through your entire lifespan. Right? Now, number one, understand what the will of the Lord is. The Greek word for understand is suneamai. And it, it means to put together, mentally comprehend. And the way I would word it is, oh, now I get it. It's an epiphany, it's an aha, it's a revelation. And it's, it's what teachers are pushing to try to get by repetition. You go to a class and they show you how to hold your fingers. When LaDonna learned how to play piano 
and probably started out with chopsticks and ended up doing chords and then minor chords and how to keep it in the root node and all that kind of thing. And it's through, it's through repetition. And it's driving toward understanding. It's one thing to be a speed reader. It's another thing to have comprehension with what you're reading. They test you for speed, but they also test you for comprehension. That's why we have tests, so they can actually see if you understand what they've been teaching, right? Now, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 13, and I want to show you something interesting since we're in Matthew. We're kicking around the whole book of Matthew here. You ought to read the whole book of Matthew. It's an amazing book. And in chapter 13, verse 18, it's the parable of the sower. This is a little different than the Mark account of the parable of the sower. And it says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. I'll read that again. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one who's is on whom the seed was sown beside the road. Now, the devil antagonizes in areas of uncertainty. This is his specialty. He's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And look what it says right here, plain black and white on your Bible. Look what it says. When anyone hears the word of the, of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The fowls of the air come to steal the seed because it's so powerful. And it has to do with our understanding. That's why God would have me look for illustrations, examples. It's the example of Jesus, the way Jesus taught. Jesus taught with parables. He's doing it right here. He's talking to farmers who understand agriculture. They understand seeds. They understand soil. They understand birds coming and stealing the seeds. Weeds coming in and choking the word and things like that. So that's very helpful, isn't it, to get that, those examples. Uh, so God is wanting us to understand his will concerning the miraculous. That's why he gave, committed to us, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the book of Acts. And, and for that matter, the whole Old Testament and the whole New Testament. It's filled with examples of the miraculous. We serve a supernatural God. And I'm going to tell you, what happened to me today on the plane was as supernatural as what had happened the week before and what's going to happen next week. Because, and that was precious. It was important to Isaiah and his mom. It was important to the girl uh, next to Patsy and her brother. Look, what I'm teaching here matters, and what you're about matters, okay? So it, it goes beyond self-actualization self hype. It goes beyond search for significance, and it goes into just plain and simple being obedient to God, yielding to him, and being faithful, and then watching these signs and wonders follow those who believe. God's doing something in your heart tonight, and God brought you here to be encouraged. And some of you have been through some stuff. Some of you have been through some hard stuff, and um, you have a sensitivity to what people have gone through. You know you can see it, and you know what's going on in your own life. Who in here has been through a thing or two? Let me see your hands. Oh, so we're sensitive to the world around us. We have, we, it says we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Because he was tempted in all points as we, yet he never sinned. Jesus understands the vicious, fierce attacks of the accuser. 
He understands the oppression and he sees the multitudes and the brokenness and he wants to deploy us in 2021 just as much as in Matthew chapter 28 to the apostles when he said, go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end. He's going to be with you to the end. I was talking with Ernie Conwell about his 93-year-old dad. He became a Christian when he was 40 years old. And he said, if, if I could get saved at 40, anybody could get saved. He's been a Christian for 53 years. He's an outstanding human being. And uh, he's mighty. And he bore such great fruit. Ernie and his family are unusual. They, they, they adopted, uh, they brought in foster kids and routinely and took care of people and gave and fed people whenever they showed up and that kind of thing. And it made Ernie who Ernie is. And he told his dad, Dad, you're such a good man. He goes, well, you don't know me very well because I'm nothing, I'm nothing without Jesus. So that's, again, you know, that's true humility. He understands, he understands where his help comes from. And sitting in the airplane, God has us on assignment. You know, they, neither, none of those people knew who we were. It wasn't because we're pastors from St. Louis or anything like that. We're just a couple of believers in the airplane. We're just operating as Christians, you know. So that's my favorite part of life is that, that I get to be a Christian. You know, my responsibilities and duties, I, you know, I want to be faithful with, but particularly my ministry of reconciliation, my ambassadorship. How about you? You are called out of darkness to show forth his marvelous light. Arise, shine, it says in Isaiah 60, verse 1. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For gross darkness will cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people. But listen, they'll come to the brightness, kings will come to the brightness of your shining. It's, he told that to Zion, and he, I'm convinced he's telling it to the church. He's talking about you. Look at somebody next to you and say, you talking to me? Now listen to this. We've got to get a grasp and put things together and realize God is supernatural. Salvation is, in fact, a miracle. It's a miracle that we got saved. That's a miracle. And healing is in that same category, the supernatural, the healing power of God. Answers to prayer. We didn't pray little formal prayers. In fact, it's funny because when there, there, there are three seats on both sides on those 727s in Southwest Airlines. So there was a, the, the, the other lady on the other side turned to Patsy and said, that was a great prayer. And the lady in front of us knew us and knew Chelsea and turned around and said, man, you guys are just, you guys are on all the time. Well, no, we, we, we're actually not, but, but, we, but God is trying to get the church to be on all the time. People, oh, we want revival. You know what it is? Where we are on all the time. That's all it is. He, he, we stay ready like kindling wood so he could flick a match on us whenever he feels like it. Number two, feed on the promises. It says in Psalm 37, to, to dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness or feed securely on his faithfulness. And uh, the, the Hebrew word for feed is ra'ah, and it means to graze, to chew on this. Everybody say, chew on this. You know, in order to get nutrients in our bodies, 
God's given us saliva and, and molars to chew. And we break down the fiber of our food. It's something God's designed. We're not uh, California seals, we're sea lions where we just gulp, you know, uh, an 18-inch long fish whole like they do. That's the way they're designed. We're designed to chew it like we're, you know, just chewing it, chew on it. Everybody say chew on this. So we need to feed on the promises of God and really associate with them and, and, and find what they have to say. Write them down on the back page of your Bible. Treasure them in your heart. Uh, all God's promises are yes and amen. It would be good for us to find them. There are hundreds of, God, of promises in the Bible. And uh, so as we feed on them, uh, it builds our confidence and these are, the action, these are the action items for the miraculous that increase the potential for the supernatural. It's happening right now, in fact. You're getting stirred. Number three, act on his word. James chapter one says that if we're hearers only and we're not doers, we deceive ourselves. So it says to be a doer of the word. And that Greek word is poetis. That's where we get the word poetry or poet. You know, if you think about a poet, they are wordsmiths, and they're all about diction and about wording and about sharing and about, about and that, that, in fact, is what God calls a doer of the word, uh, somebody that carries the word in such a way that it is integrated into their whole existence. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. Uh, Dick Mills was such a wonderful, outstanding, and interesting thinker. And he came along here year after year. I was just with his daughter and son-in-law. We had a wonderful time of fellowship with them. And he meditated on the word day and night. And he came and he would come and he would foster such a, he had such a, a knowledge of the scriptures that he would share these things and it would just activate faith. Wouldn't you love to be able to carry uh, impact wherever you go? Spend time in feeding on the promises of God till you understand it, until you get that aha and you, oh, now I get it. And then act on it. Like Addison exhorted us about tithes and offerings and, and alms, you know, we're called to do it. The Lord will prompt you. He prompted us to give to people in need. That's all, those are alms. Uh, we give alms. We give a free will offering. By the way, it's free will. We get to. We, it's not a have to thing. It's an obedience get to thing. And tithes, it's God's idea. You can live better off the 90% than you can off the 100%. It's good to be obedient. The Bible says to love your enemies and, you, and pray for those who despitefully use you. Then guess what we're supposed to do? <laughs> pray for the people that bug you. Because the people that bug you the most need you the most. Who else is going to pray for him? Well, I sure don't want to because I'm mad at him. Well, no, you are aware of him. Pray him out of the ditch. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And trust God and believe God. Christians, we don't just pray for the people we like. We pray for our enemies. That's cool, isn't it? People want to be radical. People want to be part of a movement. People want to be part of something that's really amazing and hard and challenging. Here it is. Pray for your enemies. Bless those who curse you. When you revile, don't revile in return. Pray without ceasing. There's number four. Pray, believe, receive, and rejoice. Famous verse, Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. 23, speak to your mountain. 
24, when you pray, believe that you receive. And 25, verse 25, forgive. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. It says to, to, to rejoice. What does rejoice mean? It's not, oh, well. It's not, ah, well, just, just like we just barely get along. There's a joy component to what we're involved with. Even when we see the world go to a cashless society, you know, and it says all debts and, and the, on the money, it says for all debts, public and private. And yet people are saying, you can't, you can't buy with cash here. We're in a transition. And I remember in the 70s, they said it will go to a cashless society. And now it's going to a cashless society. And instead of freaking out, what's like, okay, those prof prophetic people in the 70s were right. And we get to believe, we get to be alive in 2021 and figure out how to thrive and cope in these complexities. And, and, and actually get a bump up into the miraculous and get out of just survivorship and just out of, uh, uh, listen, two things. Our Christian faith is neither escapist nor is it evacuation. We are called in the world, but not of the world. And he didn't call us out of the world. He planted us in this during our lifespan. And this is my fourth point. Hold steady through your entire lifespan. Say that. Hold steady. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful that promised. He promises signs and wonders will follow you. He promised that he would answer your prayers. He promised that he watches over his word to perform it. So we take the rugged posture that, you know what, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And there are people that don't even know and haven't even darkened the doors of this church yet that are going to be some of the mighty, essential disciples that are going to come into this house. And we're going to, when they're, it's like having a baby, you know, up until then it's a mystery. And then when they're there, you can't imagine living without them. We're going to see such hopeful outcome. We're going to see people get on fire for Jesus. It's going to make us happy. It's going to make us glad. People are going to come in broken. They're going to need healing. They're going to need deliverance. They're going to need tolerance and mercy, some correction, and then they're going to get on their feet and get on track. Amen? So these are the action items. Understand, feed, act, pray, believe, receive, rejoice, hold steady. Everybody say, hold steady. For he is faithful that promised. So Jesus was teaching, and this is how he got rid of unbelief. The head of our Bible school said, you know, wherever there's an area of need, just it's, it, can be, it can be helped, it can be cured with teaching. It can be cured with teaching. Like the immaturity on our kids, the Bible says train them up in the way they should go. We teach them. We, you know, some parents put them in, in team sports to teach them cooperation. You know, it's not just the sport. It's so that they'll learn life skills. Tom Shaw said, you know, he, he learned a lot of good business skills in his uh, sport. I didn't go to much sports, so I had to learn it other ways. And God, you know, immersed me in, uh, in this kind of a setting. And I, I, you know, I didn't get to join the military. I wanted to be a Marine from the time I was maybe eight years old. And um, I, I never got, I, di I didn't get drafted and I never uh, signed up because I got called into the 
preparation for ministry, but I'm in God's army. I sure respect the uh, veterans that I know and the people that serve in that particular, uh, it's, it's, to me, it's amazing. But I, I didn't learn it there, you know. I didn't learn, I didn't go to Taekwondo, but uh, I did watch Elvis, you know. He could karate, I could kick like Elvis maybe. Or wax on, wax off, Mr. Miyagi taught. Karate Kid. Everybody say wax on, wax off. You know, in fact, I'm telling you, God's been teaching you some things for a while. And if you pay attention, you'll realize, oh, God was deepening my understanding about some things. God was helping me to conform to the image of Christ. Because, you know, that's the big goal here. Whom he foreknew, he also did predestine to conform to the image of his son. Numero uno is we're to grow up in all aspects in him and conform to his image. So that's why I'm teaching on the miraculous, because Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, and he, as the head of the church, as the model, we're required. I can't get away from this. I'm not downplaying it. I'm not hyping it up. It just is what it is. He is a supernatural God, and he insists upon the church as a supernatural people and with signs and wonders following. So what were the signs and wonders for us today? That God ordered our steps, sat us in that seat configuration, put those people next to us, opened up our understanding to know that we were in a moment and just organically to be able to flow. And it wasn't forced. It wasn't, you know, it didn't feel pressured. I talked to my son, my son-in-law Steve picked us up and he was talking about if you just look at soul winning as I've got to go win souls, then it, it kind of ramps up um, sort of a self-consciousness or a little bit of pressure. He said, I just want to have God woven into everything and just keep making sure the message is category one. He said it's something like that. I thought that is really right. Where Jesus lives in us and such a, in such a, an authentic way, and so in such a primary way, that he just comes up in the conversation. So it's not like, in a couple of seconds, I'm going to have to download a bunch of scriptures on this person. And we're talking small talk. And we're talking about the weather and the cardinals. But now I'm getting ready to tell them we're going to go to hell. <laughs> no, you're so full of love for God. And you're so full of love for the person that you don't even have to force it. It just is what it is. It's the category one, number one, numero uno, big deal of your life, right? Not just in church. This is what this church is designed to produce. The DNA awareness of the in the four walls, out of the four walls, synergy flow of the dynamics of walking with God in the marketplace, in a prayer meeting, in a worship service, at, on, in, in business, on the sports field, while you're driving places, while you're at the grocery store, you, you, it increases your awareness. That person that's pumping gas over there needs prayer, and needs somebody to tell them about Jesus, uh, somebody to or or pay the, pay for somebody's bill at a restaurant or something like that, just to blow people's minds, just to blow people's minds. If Christians just act like Christians, the world will think something's happening, right? We're undaunted, you guys. We've received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Everything else is shakable. 
He said he'll shake the heavens and the earth, and that denotes the removal of all shakable things. Yet we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. So the action words for the miraculous, understand, feed, act, pray, believe, receive, rejoice, hold steady through your entire lifespan, longevity, through your entire lifespan. You do not let up. You believe God all the way till your last breath. And then even in your last breath, you're figuring out how you're going to glorify God. Amen? So here we're, here we're going to finish with, with obedience, and I want you to stand up on your feet. First of all, let, let have, just put your stuff down. Let, we're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray in an, this atmosphere. Pretend like the keyboards are playing right now, something really soothing. Now that sounded like a horror movie. But I'm, I want you to pray for breakthrough, for healing. Who in here would like to see breakthrough and healing and abundance just go all over the place? Who in here needs some prayer? Okay. Who needs to be praying for somebody? That's all of us. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to turn around and I want you to find two or three people. And I want you to ask God for the miraculous, supernatural, tangible presence of the Lord to come in in an abundant way and it cause healing to flow. Look, Jim Donzi got healed of multiple sclerosis. So did the assistant to Pastor Howard over there at, at the uh, St. John's Lutheran. She came over here and she got healed of multiple sclerosis. There was a pastor that had a moral failure years ago and I called him. I found out later I was the only pastor that called him. I, that's, a, that's a crime. But it, and he didn't really even like what I believe. But then he came here because, and he said to me after two years, I know why God raised up the charismatic church, because broken people get healed in it, and burst into tears. There's such an anointing on this. I'm not competing with anybody, really. People compete with me. I'm not jealous of anybody. People are jealous of me, but I'm not jealous of them. It's weird. It's crazy. That's witchcraft. Envy, pride, and jealousy. And I see it. And I have to deal with it. Jeal uh, je uh, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And there's th that, that's being purged out of the church right now. In the midst of all this stuff we've been through, God's bringing a cleansing right now. He's, he's scooping that garbage right out of us. Scooping that garbage right out of the church. Whoop! And he's just letting it go down the river. And, it, and he's bringing a cleansing. You can sense it. He's getting us ready. Ready, set, go. So I pray now, if you're not a Christian, ask Jesus to come into your heart. Say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I surrender to you. I repent of all my sins. And I trust you to save me. You're the Savior. Be my Lord. I rededicate my heart to God's purposes. And I will follow Him. When I pray, miracles happen. Signs and wonders follow. The supernatural is happening in my life. In the name of Jesus. Okay, ready? I want you to now find a couple of people, go over and smile at them, and then just say, okay, 
What do you need prayer about? And start to pray for one another. Turn cut it loose right now. Let's just spend a little time.